0: Hi everyone, thanks for joining me on The Light Journal. I'm Jamie Perez. Today, I'll be delving into the question, who are we? This is the third episode of the Human Programming Series, so if you haven't already listened to the first two podcasts, be sure to check them out. So the question is, who are we? When I first started working on the question, I thought it was going to steer me away from science and into philosophy and spirituality. Wow, was I ever wrong. Instead, I began a deep dive into neuroscience, quantum mechanics, and a nice review of psychology and psychiatry. I am thrilled with what I discovered, and I am super excited about sharing this topic with you today. To understand who we are, we have to start with ego. Ego refers to our sense of self and our perception of self. It's that part that's formed and shaped by memories, response to the surrounding world, evaluates things, and makes plans. In other words, it's our human programming. But, as we all know, how we describe ourselves and how we react to things really depends a lot on our audience. If we're on a job interview, we'll talk about our sense of work ethics and our work values. If we're applying for a scholarship for a school, we're going to talk about our learning abilities, creativities, and potential. Now, if we're joining a shamanic group, we're going to describe our spiritual experience. These are all aspects of who we are, But we're just focusing on the piece that is most relevant to the people we're around. And as seen from the example, ego actually informs us on how to interact with the world. It's essential to being a functional human being. Because of ego, I'm aware of most things that make me, me. For example, I know I live in the 21st century. I'm in the United States and I know what season it is. I know I'm married with children and that I'm a woman. I know what I do and don't like to eat, what I enjoy and don't enjoy doing. I know what I do for a living. And I know how to go to and from the store, the office, and other places. In other words, ego gives me a context for living in this world and a structure for experiencing it. But is that a complete description of who I am? To find out more about that, I turn to Carl Jung. He was a very famous psychiatrist from the early to mid-1900s. He taught that the human psyche, which he defined as our total personality structure, well, it has two parts. One that we're aware of, that he called the ego, and the other that we're not aware of, which he called the unconscious. He believed that the ego is like a mask we wear that covers up and hides our true selves. It's what we show the world because we believe it's what the world wants to see. We're playing a role or an act in order to be accepted. And that fits in pretty well with what I was explaining before about how we introduce ourselves and explain ourselves depending on our audience. Now, Carl Jung, he also talked about the unconscious part of our psyche, and he divided that into two parts. One he called the personal unconscious, and the other he called the collective unconscious. The personal unconscious refers to all the things we've experienced in our lifetime that we've forgotten or repressed, but they still continue to influence us. They influence our attitudes, our thoughts, and our behaviors, even though we don't recognize that that is what is happening. The collective unconscious refers to the memories and impulses of humanity as a whole that we inherit when we're born. Now he goes into a lot more detail than that and introduces a concept known as archetypes, but that's beyond the focus of this. So we're going to stop with this definition of the collective unconscious. As the term unconscious implies, most of us don't realize that the personal or collective unconscious is there unless we do deep introspection and spiritual work. The interesting thing is we may not be aware of our unconscious, but it is aware of us. It influences our behaviors, interjects thoughts, and basically works behind the scenes to influence us. So that's a mid-20th century psychiatrist's understanding of ego and the unconscious. What happens when we look at the 21st century neuroscientists and see what they have to say about the subject? In a nutshell, despite decades of research, the scientists can't find any direct link or correlation between brain activity and the consciousness. One article I read said that the best hope for finding that missing link will be in quantum mechanics. Quantum mechanics just refers to the behavior of atomic and subatomic particles because they don't follow the known laws of physics. Quantum behavior has often bewildered scientists. For example, in the split photon experiment, when a photon is split, It behaves differently than when it is observed versus when it is not observed. And then there's the concept of quantum entanglement. This is where you can take particles and separate them by vast distances. And whatever happens to one particle is also felt by the other particle, regardless of the distance between them. Quantum Mechanics is focused on understanding how subatomic particles work. and their research, it is offering really exciting new ways of thinking about, well, thinking and consciousness. Quantum entanglement suggests that our thoughts and memories and consciousness actually exist in more than one place at the same time and experience existence in the same way then that suggests our thoughts and memories may not come from inside us. Or, if they do, they're not limited to us. And that raises really intriguing possibilities about who we are. Imagine this. Our thoughts are subatomic particles that exist in two or more places at the same time. One of those places is within us, but where is the other place? If we use Carl Jung's idea of a collective unconscious outside of the brain, then what we have is a type of library or repository of all human experiences, memories, and knowledge. That would certainly explain why human discoveries tend to emerge at the same time all around the world. It also explains why so many artists, musicians, and innovators talk about their visions and music that just seem to come out of nowhere. So let's put all the pieces together. Carl Jung described the ego as a mask we wear that hides our true self. From my review of subatomic particles and quantum entanglement, I think we can hypothesize that the ego's role is to hide the truth of who we are from us at a quantum level. It is a form of human programming that keeps our code in and other codes out. Except not so much. So here we are, producing new thoughts, memories, and experiences that go into this collective library, merging with all these other thoughts, memories, and experiences of humanity. What happens when you mix stuff together? You get something else. Thoughts, memories, and experiences change. And since quantum particles affect one another, what changes in the collective library also changes in us. And what changes in us changes the collective library. That means our memories, thoughts, and experiences are altered. I don't know about you, but this reminds me of a phenomenon known as the Mandela effect. Scientists refer to this as false memories. It's when a lot of people, and we're talking millions of people, incorrectly remember the same thing. It's named after Mandela because many of us remember that he died in prison in the 1990s, but he didn't. He became president of South Africa. There's also Ed McMahon. Many remember him as a spokesman for Publisher's Clearinghouse, and yet if you look, Publisher's Clearinghouse will say he was never associated with them. These are just a couple examples, but there are hundreds, possibly thousands of examples like this, which suggests that. There's something else happening that we're not aware of, something unconscious. And I would suggest that these mass false memories occur because of quantum entanglement and the collective unconscious. And that brings me back to the question, who are we? Our ego may be hiding our personal and collective unconscious from us, but it is constantly influencing us, and we are constantly influencing it. So doesn't that mean the collective unconscious is part of who we are? Doesn't it mean that if we were to engage in, let's say, deep introspection, meditation, or other spiritual practices, that we would be able to access the knowledge that's part of that collective unconscious at this point i feel pretty confident in saying we are not our human programming neither are we the ego or mask that we wear we are much more we are the combined wisdom experience and totality of all consciousness throughout all time the only question is now that we know who we are what are we going to do with that And that question takes us to the next episode, How We Serve. Thanks for listening. I'm Jamie Perez with the Light Journal podcast. Blessings on your journey.